to turn the channel, go ahead, fool, turn the channel. We've seen midgets grow. Mandarabasata. I don't make this stuff up. Warlocks are enemies of God. A lot of people who go into prison go into prison straight, and when they come out, they're gay. Science is interesting, and if you don't agree, you can f*** off. Well, I'm not too righteous, but on the other hand, I think you're a bit of a dingling. If you want to learn something about God, shut your mouth and listen to me for a minute. Welcome, everyone, to the AXPX Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5. I am your host, Sean DeRigger, and uh, today I'm, I'm pretty excited about uh, this conversation today. I'm, gonna, I'm talking to Bob McDonald. Bob, how's it going? Pretty good. Um, you have a, a, a new church or, or group you are trying to, starting to get together that uh, called the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue. And yes. uh, a mutual friend of ours kind of... Uh, sent me your way and said I should uh, should, should uh, check this out. So let first to get things started before we dive in, um, what is on the surface level here, what is the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue? How do you how would you explain it to someone? That that Just, that it's never heard of it? Yes, sir. How, what is the what do I say? <laughs> All right. What I say is that the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue is um an attempt by myself and a few other people to create a space for individuals that crave a liturgical experience, mm-hmm. uh, an open experience as far as their own spiritual walk. Everyone can come together to pursue God, to study God in all the forms, and to uh, experience liturgy mm-hmm. and to experience um uh, a ritualized atmosphere. Okay. Now, when you say liturgy, um, I'm I come from a Christian background, um, but I come from more of a, like a non-denominational, charismatic background. But the liturgy okay. I understand would be more. Uh, I I do have a little bit of like a Lutheran background, um, but I'm very kind of fuzzy because I've heard some friends of mine who've okay. moved from they've moved from like evangelical charismatic into more right. structure uh as and liturgies what what exactly would you consider a liturgy is it is liturgy it would be for instance roman catholicism okay. that expression okay uh, kind of a ritualized uh setting some call and response um spoken words a, a an act for instance communion okay uh it's it's a communion is a an aspect of, of the church that we're wanting to incorporate. That's a, that, that act, the liturgy of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has, um, there are of course, modern Gnostic, I can get into what Gnosticism is yeah, here in a second, yeah. but there, there are, uh, Gnostic expressions that incorporate a Christian liturgy, especially communion. Um, this is something that, is part of us as well. Mm-hmm. Orthodoxy, Lutheranism, Anglicanism, these would all be considered liturgical expressions of Christianity. However, Gnosticism, of course, has its own expression, its own liturgical expressions, done a little differently, but there is a there is a, a relationship between the two, between what Gnosticism is and, and ancient Christianity, a loose relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's what that would be. Uh, myself, I 
I grew up Catholic. I come from a Catholic background. And um, I'm one of those, I guess, few people that left the Catholic Church that don't can't say they, they had a bad experience. It's uh -huh. just simply that my my view of things isn't compatible at this point with what the church teaches. Mm -hmm. So I simply left. And uh, so anyway, the Gnostic Church um, that we are trying to get started or in some way have gotten started uh, here um, is part of that kind of liturgical uh, family. So that's in a nutshell what liturgy would be. Okay. So um, I guess going back to Gnosticism, um, can we expand further on where the roots of that? Because that yeah. because you say ancient uh, Christianity, and that's where you know that that's kind of where I've read about and the term Gnostic. You know, there's the Gnostic Gospels and and right. um, and, and things like that. What to, um, to start off with, Gnosticism comes from the Greek gnosis, which means having knowledge. Um, it's uh, essentially an umbrella term for a variety of specific expressions. Um, I believe personally that the roots of Gnosticism are pre-Christian, mm -hmm. started even before Christianity formed. However, it seemed to flourish uh, during um, the early parts of Christianity. There were many Gnostic expressions. Um, it's essentially a... Uh, uh, Let's see, a certain way one perceives and understands God. Um, it is monist in, like, for instance, Gnosticism has core characteristics, one of them being monism, that everything is a manifestation of divinity. Mm -hmm. Me, you, this laptop, my bottle of water, everything is connected. Um, and through that connection, there are divine beings in ancient Gnosticism, they've called them archons. Nowadays, you just, you know, South Park calls them the super friends, right? <laughs> so, um, also that Gnosticism teaches a salvation through personal awakening. And the salvation is from the, the self-created hell of ignorance. Mm -hmm. So, um, so... In ancient history, then, Gnosticism had like a variety of expressions on through modern times where there's still a variety of expressions. So it's kind of like saying you're Christian. So you're Christian, right? You also could be Baptist or Catholic mm -hmm. or Pentecostal. Now, those groups really don't have a lot in common. There is kind of a core commonality with them, the belief in the divinity of Christ mm -hmm. and his crucifixion and resurrection. Gnosticism works on the same level. There's these core beliefs. God is one. Divine beings exist in this world. And uh, that we have to achieve salvation through our intuition of this, of God, our connection, and through knowledge and study. Okay. So did I, did, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. And so here's here's where I want to go from here with this, because there is, you know, there is like the church, the universalist kind of church, more right. universalism. But would you say what separates the Gnostic from universalism or from what you're trying to do is you're more interested in study and pursuit of knowledge? Because I feel like 
and I'm, I could be wrong about universalism, um, just because I'm I'm a little un, you know haven't studied into it uh, too deep. But it seems universalism is just acceptance of all, and there's many paths to to heaven, to salvation. What what would you? How would you separate these two of what you're trying to do from universalism? Right. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with with one our our historical approach, the fact that we're bringing this continuity forward from ancient times into modern times, where uh, keeping this kind of liturgical ritualized element. Mm -hmm. um, Gnosticism is, in my opinion, a universalist philosophy in a way. Right. Um, There really isn't a wrong way to do Gnosticism if you're, but I think the, what you said is, is right on that. It's about the pursuit of God through knowing God and, and, and the study of, of how God has manifested throughout the world. Knowing God is different than, I guess, just kind of saying, well, I, I have faith. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I believe in God. But for a lot of people, then that ends there. But yeah. What we as Gnostics do is we say, well, what does that mean now? What does that mean for us? What, how, how has God manifested in our lives and our world? And, and how do we, where do we fit in with that? Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is a pursuit of esoteric uh, teachings, um, you know, the works found in mystery schools. And, and, uh, and so we, we, we try to let's see. Let me see. Mm-hmm. We try to bring that in, and 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 we try to be active within that that understanding of God. So so we seek out the knowledge. So we seek out our salvation. Then we we need to to save. We're responsible for ourselves in a way, mm-hmm. and that's really the what makes Gnosticism different. It's it's maybe the choice to be Gnostic that I'm going to pursue this tradition mm-hmm. and I'm going to pursue this path. I have an affinity for this core set of values in my heart. My intuition tells me that this, there's something here. Mm-hmm. So I need to know what that means for me. That's, I think what makes Gnosticism different or maybe very much the same with universalism. I think there's, I think there's a lot of room in that, you know. Yeah, there's definitely there is definitely um, similarities, and and that's the funny thing. I mean, in, in our last podcast, we were talking about, you know, just how everyone needs a label, you know, <laughs> to to put everything right. into a little box to understand it. But, um, so so how how did you get from go you know from your time in Catholicism, being growing up Catholic. Right. Uh, and and how did you get to this path of the not this Gnostic Church? Because um, I know there's other philosophies that you're blending in as well. A lot of Eastern right. philosophy and, and things like right. that. How does one? What's your what's your what was the path you took? What was your what's your story, um, man? <laughs> I would essentially say right off the bat that even as a kid, um, I had a fascination and I craved knowing about the faiths in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I would spend a lot of time. I mean, we're talking 12 years old reading those big time life books that were in like the school library. 
all the big pictures of the different religions and the whole thing just appealed to me tremendously. Um, I, I would say anyone that would know me, I would say that you could ask them and they, and they would tell you that I'm obsessive about the study and the practice of religious expression. Mm -hmm. It's just my thing really. And my whole life has been that way. What happened is I started to see that there was greater truths, but then there was also holes. So I would study, for instance, um, the monk, the Catholic monk, Thomas Merton, and I would find, and he was, a, I consider him very much a mystic. And what he said made a lot of sense to me. But then at the same time, I would turn around and what was being preached wasn't this mystical grand understanding of the nature of God. It was nitpicking stuff. Yeah. Right? And so I started kind of on this quest of hopping around getting into a religion, finding something, you know, um, I went into Judaism for several years. I converted to Judaism. Um, and then what happened is what happens all the time is that I, I wanted something more. Yeah. I wanted, I don't want, I did not want someone to tell me that this is it because I knew that that wasn't totally the truth, right? Yeah, yeah, um, I, I feel that way all the time. That that's been my whole thing about my my journey is, you know, there's every piece that I've found. There's always something missing, <laughs> right? To the to the greater story. It it got to the point. I mean, in my life, I've been actively participating. I would say in all of the major and, and many minor world religions, because I see I see the common current, right? I see this common thread that runs through all of them. And, um, it, that it seems has been what I've been chasing. It's not been, um, the dogma, right? It's mm -hmm. been, it's been the current, which is kind of my term. Well, it's not my term. I'm not the first person to use it, but it's, it's how I refer to God. I, I, I refer to God as the great current, hmm. That it's that essence that runs through all existence, and and I feel that if you open up to that, you can experience that, and it really doesn't matter what religion you are, right? When you open up to that experience, it'll happen for you. And I myself am a testament to that. I have, I did not go into multiple religions just because I wanted to go into multiple religions. I was taken there. Mm -hmm. my, my feeling is I was led through there to know that there is this common thread. And, um, and that what's happened is that that's been a, a rough road in a, in a sense, because you get to know a group of people in a religion and they accept you over time and you, are part of their group, but then you start to see some holes in it and you're unsettled and, and you learn very quickly that, that their, you know, their time with you is determined on your ability to agree with, with their, with their thing. Yeah. And so I, I lost a lot of friendships as a result of, of kind of 
not being able to stand still mm-hmm. when it came to spirituality. Did were you one of those that were just asking just almost too many questions? <laughs> you know? I, I'm going to tell you, my godfather, my godfather is a Catholic priest, uh-huh. and uh, he said to me a long time ago, he said, the problem is you ask too many questions. Just, just calm. He said, just calm down and just be happy with it. You know, just just relax, you know. And for me, that wasn't good enough, yeah. I, I, I thought. Well, but, you know, and it was very early on. I would say that I'll tell you a story. It's a little personal, but I think it's relevant. It's okay. what happened to me. My, my, my uncle John was a big influence in my life and he was a practicing Buddhist. And, uh, he was, I would say that he was a genius. I mean, he was just such a, an amazing person an amazing personality. And when I was 14 years old, he was, uh, we found out that he had AIDS and he mm. died of AIDS and it happened in front of us or the whole family. And it set me on this kind of, at the time, you know, I was 14. I'd been studying some religions for a while, but I was still very kind of relaxed as a Catholic. You know, I just, I just had made this decision that, you know, God manifests in other things but he's also, but I'm a Catholic and that's cool too. So I just let it go. But I think I started to really study because my uncle was gay and I started to study what the church taught about that. Mm-hmm. What did, what did they, what do they think? Cause I wanted to know what's good. What did they think's going to happen to him now? Right. I became obsessed with that question and I became, started to become uh, disillusioned as to what I was reading and what I found out and what I was told by the priests. Um, so I ended up reading this book by Eric von Daniken. I think it was called something like they come from outer space or <laughs> Eric von Daniken. If you don't know who he is, he kind of kickstarted the whole alien astronaut thing real big. And I took this and this is a book that my dad had had. He had read in college and I found it on the shelf and I just read it one day and I, I took this book to my mom and I said, this guy says that, you know, these Jesus was nothing but like an alien. These, these beings were, these, these gods were nothing but aliens that came and influenced us. You know, was this, is this true? And she said, uh, well, I, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's, you know, I no, that's not true. And I said to her, I remember I said, but how do you know, you know, how do you know? And she right. said, well, I don't know. And it, it was just, I, I just go back to that because it really set me on a, in, in a place where I, I thought, well, how do I know then? You know, how do I know? I don't know. So that really is what kind of started this whole process. Anyway, so uh, after a while, I got kind of, uh, I would say, burnt out in my early mid twenties, I think I I felt like I'd kind of, you know, got to the point where people were asking me, well, what religion are you this week, man? (laughs) And, and I was, it got to a point where I I thought I started kind of internalizing that as to maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe Uh this, maybe, you know, so in a sense, I tried to uh, give up religion, but that didn't really, I can't do that. Yeah. You know? 
it, I, it's kind of like in another in another lifetime, you know, in in in, in a, in a in a past age, I probably would have ended up being a shaman, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I just can't get it out of my system. I can't shake it, but I've made mistakes along the way. And that I've found, I've thought at times that certain philosophies, you know, were about one thing. They turned out to be really about something else. And, and it's something that I, I got out of, I, you know, I, it's like any kind of journey. Mm-hmm. You don't, it's not a flawless trip. Oh no. So, my trip wasn't flawless. I made some mistakes and it seemed that there was this kind of constant and this constant was that in my heart, I understood that there was this God that exists, this, this, this entity that I, I feel mm-hmm. that I, that I feel I have a connection to, but I feel that it's been left up to me to figure out what the rest of that means. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the, the story and there's particulars, you know, along the way, but, but essentially I came to the point then several years ago where someone said something to me where I was talking about how I considered, um, God, you know, the, the, the scriptures of God, whether it's the Quran, new Testament, old Testament, what have you, mm-hmm. that they all contain a current of truth. It's, it's kind of like there's this teacher, a very wise man. His name's Ram Das. He was um, kind of instrumental in the spiritual psychedelic movement in the 60s. And he said that I read the space between the words. Right. And when I did that, when I started to apply what he taught to my understanding of scripture, it opened up doors for me. And so people would joke and say, well, your problem is you just want to make your own Bible, right? So several, several years ago, then I said, well, maybe I should, right? So I, <laughs> I started, I started taking, um, bits and pieces, passages from scriptures that I thought considered the, that I thought contained the core of the faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like for instance, in the new Testament, I would say that if you read the gospel of St. John, it gives you an understanding of what Christianity truly is. So I would take those portions of text throughout all these different world religions, and I compiled them into a, a, a book I call The Volume of Sacred Law. And I just published it, did one of the lulu.com, did self-publishing, right? I just, I, I, just I just ordered it, actually. Did you? Yeah. yeah oh, well, right yeah. on, man. <laughs> uh, I, I initially, I, for, for the longest time, I just published it just available for myself uh-huh. because I wanted it. And, uh, a couple of people saw it and they said, well, and, and so I had to kind of explain it to them and they mm-hmm. said, well, there's like a thousand, uh, anthologies out there on amazon.com. I mean, you can go and get all kinds of wonderful anthologies about the different world religions. And, and my response was, well, I didn't. I didn't do it for that purpose. I did it because I wanted this book because I, I don't see it as anthologies. I don't see, I don't, I don't see this as this is what the Christians teach and this is what the Muslims teach. And this is what the Buddhists teach. This is simply how God manifests. Right. So yeah. So you're taking, taking all that and trying to compile, compile 
the truths that you see together into one space, which right. is, which is something that I talk to whenever, whenever my wife get into it about, you know, cause I was raised Christian and, and, and the, you know, through Christianity and, and the Bible, I, I'm like, there's, you know, I don't look at the Bible as this, you know, God breathed, you know, text that he, right. you know, I said, it's, it's, you know, and what I've been reading, and it's more of an ancient people's perception of who God was to right. them, right. and they they're writing down their perception. And what you need to do is, when you read these books, is try to look at it through the the context of the time it was written, the culture yes. it was written in, and the views of God at the time or gods at the time. And there's right. other religions kind of play into all this too in in context. So, you know, I think these sacred texts and, and what for me just because my background is the bible um how i approach the bible now is way different than i used to right. ever approach it and it, yeah. you're right it's about reading between the lines with with all that in mind I, I'm, I'm excited to to check this book out man um thank you well i i would say that <clears throat> i would i would say that it's important to understand that as humans, we're a species of evolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, like anything, any living being on this planet is in a state of growth on in some way. We're part of that cycle, and we grow. And everything about us moves forward, or at least it should. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't, especially with you know what we've seen with what's going on in Paris. Right. But, um, Religion and faith and, and, and our approach to God should not stop. You know, we have to keep evolving in our understanding of how God manifests in the universe and our experience with God. That has to evolve, too. Mm-hmm. And if, if it doesn't evolve, then it's subject to the same rules that happen to any species or anything that refuses to evolve while everything else is. It'll just, you know, die out. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't feel that, that, that should happen. You know, I'm, I, I mean, I have atheist friends. They, they don't have any need for religion. They don't have any need for the questions, the pursuit of God, and and that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I'm not that way. And I feel that there needs to to keep, there needs to be an evolution continuing with the understanding of God. So, I think that. I'm, you know, there's nothing new under the sun in a sense, and I'm not the first person to say that. Uh, I just, it's kind of like this is my expression of it. This is my, this is, you know, the the volume of sacred law is my is my statement. You know what I have yeah. to say about how I feel about that, and my hope is that the people that are out there that feel the same way, and I know they're out there, it's gonna it's gonna somehow give them comfort because mm-hmm. I'm not looking for. Uh, followers, that would really freak me out and make me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, you mean you're not, this isn't some scheme for you to get rich, right? right? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not L. Ron Hubbard, although he did a great job of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I simply know how it feels. You know, I know how it feels to to be so confused about my place. To 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 for, for one thing, to have a des- just a supreme desire. To know God, and to and to express the spirituality, and and to it, when it manifests, I want to express it. 
And I think that's that's one of the the keys to what to why I got the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue started because mm-hmm. I want to express that faith. I want the liturgy. I want to express it through ritual. I have a need, a psychological need, uh-huh. uh, to to have a community and have this this ability to express this understanding that's going to be slightly different with everybody. You know, it's not like everyone that has, you know, that is in the circle that I talk with when, when we've talked about getting this formed, Mm -hmm. we're all in different places and we're all, we're we're all bringing something different to it. But to me, that's, uh, that's part of the next step, you know, and, and how spirituality should express itself. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, so let's see here. So you have something, or, or I'm, I'm looking through your the Facebook page here about. Um, I mean, that's the thing. There's little samplings from a lot of different worldviews on here, and, and you wrote yeah. something about the cabal. Um, you trying to you're you're trying to do some sort of. Uh, uh, is it a class or or something? Oh, the, on, yeah, the Kabbalah. The um, Kabbalah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kabbalah. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I'm running. A, there's a a group of there's a circle of us that are that are good friends that seem to kind of what I say travel on the same current, uh-huh. you know. Um, and I am writing a course so that I can, you know, it's kind of like, well, we've got this Facebook page, right? So what does that mean? Does that mean we're just going to be on Facebook doing our thing, or are we going to do something physically? Are mm-hmm. we going to, are we going to do something or are we just going to be online? And I want to do something. Right. So I, I want to teach classes. I want to actively participate in a liturgy with other people. I, and I don't necessarily want to be the one that always officiates. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to have a, a chance. I want to have meditation sessions. I want to have guided meditation. I want to have, these are things that I want I crave that community. I crave being with people of like mind and I want to be able to do my part as well. And, and I'm, I've, I've studied Kabbalah. Uh, I would say since I first, I first came into Judaism, I was about 19 years old. Okay. And Kabbalah has been a very important part of my life since then. Essentially Kabbalah is a, uh, originated with Judaism. It's a mystical practice. It's basically teaching how how God connects to us, right? And, 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 and most people are just aware of it through like Madonna's uh, when she, <laughs> right? Yeah, the whole El, the whole El Los Angeles you know, Kabbalah, right. Kabbalah stuff. Is, really, know. that's kind of they're kind of doing their own thing. Really, <laughs> it's not. Um, but there's, it's like anything else, man. I mean, there's five hundred different ways to express this. Yeah. There's there's you know, hermetic Kabbalah, which is done with by ceremonial magicians like Aleister Crowley. I don't know if you're familiar with uh-huh. him. Yes, he was. He was a, a high level Kabbalist. Okay. Um, then there's, of course, just the the inherent uh, indigenous Jewish expressions of Kabbalah. And then there's, of course, like the Kabbalah Center, which is kind of this new take on it. They kind of do their own thing. They kind of have some of their own their own style you know, very Hollywood and that's cool. <laughs> that's their thing. Um, but really it's, it's, a it's a solemn esoteric study. 
you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a a niche thing. Mm -hmm. You're going to respond to it or you're not going to respond to it. And it's something that I respond to. It's something that I'm very familiar with. And then the people around me that we've talked about having this session seem to be very interested in what that means. They're not very familiar with Kabbalah. So it's something that I can do to enlighten them. And they've returned the favor because I've been one of the gentlemen in, in this circle of friends that I have is a Reiki master. He practices Reiki. And so we all learned from him. He taught us in classes and um, Reiki is of course not for everyone. It's not, you know, everyone has their own feeling about it, but the fact that he was able to share that and the fact that we got something from just being together mm-hmm. and, and having that experience, we want to continue that. And so we're all bringing something of ourselves into this and me offering Kabbalah classes, kind of an introduction to Kabbalah. What is Kabbalah? What, you know, what's the purpose of it? Um, it's kind of one of my contributions. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, so you got a group of friends and you're all offering uh, up kind of different pieces of spirituality yeah. together. I, now, now, do you guys, are you guys meeting regularly yet? Or is that something you're still trying to make happen? Because that, that's the that hardest is, thing yeah. is to get people right. together. Well, we're even trying to figure out what does that mean? Yeah us right now does that i mean are we um are we wanting to get together every sunday at 11 a.m and uh have the same service every time mm-hmm. are we wanting to get together once a month and have something different every time we are and and then there are people outside of of my circle of friends that are interested now and they're yeah. saying well well what well, this is what I'm needing. This is what I'm looking for. And, and where could I fit in there? And so that's really all forming right now. Yeah. It's all very new. It's, yeah. it's something that, um, it took me a long time. I've, I've had the conception in my mind for a very long time and it, it's taken me a while to kind of manifest it. And it's very, you know, I mean, I'm talking to, a person a day about it, a couple people. I've had people come up to me and I talk to them and it's all kind of like, we want to know what's going on. Keep us in the loop. When something starts to become decided, let us know. And we want to be part of that. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I can see it. I can see why there would be interest in, in something like this. Um, especially in the kind of the circles, that I've traveled in lately there with people of our kind of similar, I guess, personality type who are questioning and not satisfied with the answers we're getting and wanting to, you know, uh, just study more and more and learn. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, it seems like everyone gets kind of divvied up into, you got the agnostics here, you got the atheist here, you got the more of the skeptical crowd, scientific crowd here, but um, it's hard to get everyone together uh, without any agendas, you know, right. to, to learn from each other. And it takes a special kind of person to really be open to discussing different ideas and, and, and things like that. Um, is that, I would imagine that's probably the hardest thing to try to keep, you know, keep going is a, just kind of, we're in this together and, and there's no, 
um, no agenda, you well, know? Yeah. It's kind of like, what is, what are our boundaries? Mm-hmm. What do we accept? Because I think that you do have to have kind of a limit. Um, there are certain, I would say religions out there that I just am. It's like oil in, in water. Um, I could name a couple Scientology, <laughs> Mormonism. Uh-huh. I don't, I can't because I know the history of the religions. Well, they're so regimented. So almost militaristic in a way. Also, they have very, 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 very suspect origins. Yeah. You know? um, especially Scientology, especially Scientology. Yeah. And I, I can't. So there are certain things where I would say we can't go there. That's just not, I'm, that's outside of my comfort zone. I don't really, I don't jive with it. I, I can't, I can't take it there. So I, I would say that, um, but I, I guess if you're really, if you're into that to begin with, then what I'm doing, it just wouldn't, wouldn't even appeal. So I, I wouldn't yeah, think I mean, I'd have you, to worry about that. You're not offering, uh, an, an enriched life in, in the way that Scientology is offering. You know right. what I mean? There, there's, you do this, you're going to be a better person for the rest of your life. Keep on doing this. Uh, yeah, there's no guarantees. You know, this is more, more this community. Is, I, I truly believe that it's it's up to us to understand uh, God and our relationship with God. I also feel that it's up to us to kind of create our own destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe in, in personally in uh, divine interference in the form of God loves one nation more than another or yeah. cho- the idea of chosen people. One of the reasons that um, I got out of Judaism after several years is cause I don't, I don't, I can't get behind the idea of, of a, one group special from another group to me. Yeah. Humanity is, is special right. in, in all its manifestations. And not that I, but at the same time I have, I've, I see stuff or I, uh, philosophy of so much value teachings of so much value within Judaism mm-hmm. that I can't get, it's still part of me. Mm-hmm. It's I'm still as much Jewish as I am Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. I am, you know, I am as much Hindu as I am Jewish and Catholic. I'm as much Muslim as I am Jewish and Catholic. I've had time and I've lived in all those faiths. And um, so that's kind of, that's where I'm at with that. Yeah. So, so some someone with your with your perspective and you know everyone has their ideas of uh, of who God is and 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 you saying that God you don't feel like God's what we would call God or the idea of God uh isn't necessarily involved with the day to day like you know that, that's cuz that's part of the reason why um my old co-host uh his name was Joey and he had a problem with suffering in the world and that's what caused him to question right. his Christianity um and so, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're all trying to understand, who, you know, who God is because of all this. What's your What's your take on God so far? You know, with that, you know, the whole um, the suffering in the world and just you know the things like that happen in in Paris and and all over. I mean, there's right. just so much shit <laughs> that happens in the world on a daily basis. You know, I, I, my my initial answer would be, um. 
I don't know why there's suffering in the world Mm -hmm. because in a sense, I really do feel like we're all expressions of God. We're all part of Godhead. We're all particles of, of the rays of God's light in a sense. And I don't understand then why when there is a unity like that, why there is also so much strife. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very comfortable to say, I don't know. And yeah. that, but, but I, in my heart, I feel like simply because I don't know initially an answer to something like that doesn't mean that everything else then is bunk because I feel the reality of it in, in inside of me. I yeah. feel it, you know, um, we are, in a way you could say that God spun the top and we're a product of that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're the motion that God set. Um, so in a sense, like through create, like you, you, you on, on the site say like Supreme creator, right. As the, as, right. The, as the creator putting the universe in motion, it's almost yeah. like things are, things are going at such a rate that it's, it's kind of if you stop one thing, you're going to wreck the entire sense right. of creation in, in a sense. The good We're, comes with the bad. It's kind of a way that that there was a, a priest that I, I grew up being taught by. His name was Father Conrad Lewis. He was an, another man. I, I consider him very much when he was alive to have been a holy man mm-hmm. in every sense of the word. He was uh, – um, he was good, like I can't even describe. Um, he was just amazing. And he understood that there was this there was this question that he would never be able to answer about how there could be predestination as far as we're all on this path, mm-hmm. but then we all have the freedom of will. So the right. path is changing, right? Like like our course on this path, I should say, is changing. Um, why is it like that? There's no, you know, there's no answer to it. That's, that's going to be okay for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that part of what religion does is it tries to answer that stuff. It it gives people some catharsis to say, okay, well, you know, Adam ate the apple. Now there's sin, you know, we, we are fallen and all I don't, I don't of course buy into that. Mm -hmm. That's not my thing. Um, so I basically have to understand that even though there is a divine reality, we still exist within a natural material universe. And so we're, we're simply prone to, we're subject to the law, the laws of this universe. Uh, that's why things happen the way they do mm-hmm. because it's simply nature. You know, it's, 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 it's just, it's just the way things are. And, we can make changes ourselves. We don't have to go down the road that we're going down. Mm-hmm. Um, we are really the architects of, of our future, even though we might've been the product of another architect, but it, 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 it's something that we're kind of on this collision course right now. And, uh, and to see it, you know, you know, how can you really, Say, how can a person divine and say, okay, well, this is the reason this all is happening. 
it's like you're not that smart, man. <laughs> it's all a matter. Of, it all boils down to a matter of someone's opinion, and that's right. that's the one problem I had with most have with most organized religion is they say this is the way it is, and right. there's no questions because this book says that's the way it is. Right. And you know, next question. And, that's, <laughs> you know? and I'll tell you, that's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, how can you not be frustrated with but that? But see, some people find comfort in that, though. You know, right. and so it's like in in that sense, you know, these these religions do serve some sort of a purpose for, I guess, that type of personality type in a way. I mean, some people don't want questions; they want the answers. And if the answer that the pastor or the teacher or whoever uh, the priest is giving them, if they're happy with that, then they kind of move forward. <laughs> I used to yeah. take a certain delight when I was younger in debating people mm-hmm. relig- on religious grounds and, and trying to kind of knock them off their pegs. I really got a kick out of it. That was like a thing <laughs> I did. And one time, and the reason that stopped abruptly for me is that one time a, a person, I was talking to this person who was an atheist and they were talking about how they became an atheist. And it came, it, it happened because of a, a debate uh, that they had with, with someone that didn't believe and they basically hit all the right points in the, in the argument and got the person questioning to the point where they thought, you know, there can't, there can't be a God, right? I don't see how this is possible now. It makes what they're saying makes too much sense. And over time it really gelled for them and they stopped believing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they, they said to me, they said, the, the the person that was talking to me doesn't realize what happened to me that day. I lost everything. Huh. And I've never been able to recover from that. Uh-huh. And when they said that, I thought, oh, my God, you know, um, they needed that. Right. In, in, in the way that it was, the, the in, in, in the expression that they had, the fact that they were a fundamentalist Christian, they, they needed that. And when it was taken from them. Uh, the, it changed them and not necessarily for the better, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it broke them down. It gave them no hope. Now that doesn't happen of course to everybody, but it happened to this person. So it gave me pause personally when I, when I talk to people that are very devout in their, in their, in their belief in their fundamental belief, mm-hmm. uh, I go with it because I realize that it is essentially all part of God. It's all the same thing. So don't you know? Don't be afraid, right? Um, so so just ride the wave with them when you're talking to them, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Yeah, and, I mean, if, if they're not if they're not hurting others in their right. wake, you know, I think that there's there's really nothing wrong with that. And that if that's a place where they're happy and they can thrive as a person and really contribute to society, I mean, really, why would you want to wreck that? Why would you want right. to derail that in their life? I agree completely. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that I think personally I have my standards. I would say that if uh, if if a person's teachings and philosophy seeks to limit the freedoms and, and the fullness of potential of another person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that to me is a problem. Right. You know, these, these people that want to uh, ban gay marriage, that to me is a problem. It's like just just mind your business. You know, it's not it's not your place yeah. to impose, you know, theocracy. We're Americans; we shouldn't be living in a theocracy. We're free from 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 that because that can go 
we've seen time and time again within history how how bad that can get, you know, and how bad it is now with ISIS. That's a that's a theocracy, yeah, and that's a scary, scary thing. And uh, so that to me is when things go too far. When 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 you decide to affect a person's life against their will with what amounts to a hunch, you know. Um, I, I have a, a, I would say that I, you know, someone could say I have a hunch about my, about my belief in God. Uh, I think it's more than that, but I can't, um, I can't impose that on somebody mm-hmm. because it's simply what I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's my, it's my gut instinct. What's, what's the thing that connects you most with, with God? For me, for me, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I mean, I, I run uh, and I just, I, I recently picked up running again and whenever I go on my long runs and on these trails and everything and like, especially like at a sunrise or sunset, like those are my moments where I feel, you know, God in, in my, in my life. Um, what, what, how does, you know, God reveal himself to you? Like what's, what's the one thing you can say because this happens or because I feel this way, you know, that's one thing I can't shed. I read this book, uh, to give you an example, by uh, a Buddhist monk named Thich Nhat Hanh, and it was called Living Buddha, Living Christ. And when I read what he was saying, I was completely filled with this absolute feeling of uh, happiness, mm-hmm. right? That, to me, was... Uh, and it was profound. I mean, it was it was moving, like beyond belief. And reading what he was saying, it was it was he was saying what I felt, what I knew to be true at the time. You know, when you're hearing a lot of people tell you that you're, um, you know, a little off your rocker mm-hmm. with stuff, <laughs> to, to to read someone else's words saying what you're feeling it was profound i had a a moment you know it's all i can say about it it's Mm -hmm. hard to Mm -hmm. describe it but that to me was a i consider that uh, what some would say would be a being filled with the spirit right yeah Uh, um i have this town i'm from uh has an arch abbey uh and I've, I go there uh, not as regularly as I used to when I was younger, but that place to me, just, just smelling the air, um, puts me in a place where I feel like God could just lift me up and float me away. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like it's, it's all around. And it's because the place also has great childhood memories, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's that it's that place of peace and joy. That to me is really where I feel God the most, and I get that feeling from you know sharing with people my feelings of the unity of of people of humans, the unity of faiths. I mean that that to me is is where God is strongest in presence. Yeah. Being with being with each other equally and and 
accepting, opening your heart and accepting each other, mm-hmm. you know, that, and, and, and then, then there are other things. There's, I paint and I draw and it's there for me too. And I, I'm with my, I have four children and it's there for me with them. Yeah. That, with I would my, say, yeah, my kids, Right. Those, each when each one was born, that was like God moments for each of them. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, and you can't you can't just you know throw that out. <laughs> you, know? you can't, and it's something that like if, if you would have to explain that necessarily to somebody, all you can all you'd end up doing is just gesturing. I, I say <laughs> I say to people when it comes down to talking about God. All, all I'm left doing at times is just hand movements because I don't <laughs> I don't quite know how to say right what it what it really is what how you know it, it's hard to express it it's hard to articulate it because it's it's not it's not just a a, a black and white thing it's it's just it's a spectrum of of reality yeah. and it's just it's so it's so much and so how god manifests is in the same way and kind of this spectrum of of and you know someone that doesn't believe in god is going to say well that's not necessarily god and i'm like that's cool man it, it's okay you mm-hmm. know if if they feel that way that that's not a a problem for me because i feel that it's not a problem for god yeah god, i don't feel that god is worried if people don't believe in him he's not petty and it's not god's not even a he see i i just say that because it's just a <laughs> kind of so a habit yeah, it, it, there's no, it's not like that. There's no, like, there's no gender. It's, yeah. you know, it, it's, God is, is something beyond that, beyond all the human pettiness, right? And so, so what happened is, like, getting back to the scriptures, people did the best they could mm-hmm. in understanding what, what that meant. And if you look back at the history of things, you understand that some of these, like, for instance, old Torah law, what you're basically reading is the start of a civilization. Oh yeah, I mean half those, most of those laws, they put it under the umbrella of God. But I mean, if you think about a nomadic tribe, right, and how they, what they would need to do to survive, right, as a, you know, as a group, all that kind of starts making sense. <laughs> Absolutely, and and so then at understanding this, you're free to look at the crazy stuff. Like, you know, killing someone for starting a fire on the Sabbath, you, you you realize then your mind tells you, well, that's not important anymore. You know, right. yeah. we don't need to worry about that. So what else can I learn from this? What else are they talking about? Um, what are the what are the what are the lessons under the lessons? Mm-hmm. What's what's the deeper story? And that's where I find that's how I approach scripture. And that's why I still consider it important for me. I still have, you know, I still have a Bible in it in a sense. And mm-hmm. I still, I still read it. I still think and meditate on it. Um, it's just that my Bible is very, very big. You know, I say in the introduction of, of the book, I published a couple of things. I don't take credit for writing it. Mm-hmm. I wrote an introduction and I wrote, um, one short basic creed, something that I wanted when I, when I was talking to my wife, she said, what kind of sums up everything you believe in, in just a, a small page. 
And so she kind of challenged me to, to write that. So I did. And that those are the only things that I write in this book. Mm-hmm. Everything else is, is scripture from around the world. Yeah. And this is, you know, it is just the way to understand God, you know, w- without, without having to worry about the, 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 bits and pieces, you know, understand when I to get back in my introduction, I basically say that if you were to take the volume of sacred law for what it really is, it spans thousands of pages, hundreds of volumes. The the Bible for me is massive Mm -hmm. and it's a continuing story. Mm -hmm. So there isn't, um, you know, I can read the Torah and I'm, I'm, just fine with that. It doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't get hung up on the antiquated laws Yeah. because I understand that I don't need to get hung up on them. So I'm free. It's a freedom for me to, to pursue God and to still have scripture in my life and, and not, and not get so worked up, you know, over this, over the stuff that is obviously, you know, past its time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think that's the problem with, you know, uh, people interpreting scripture and, and things like that. They try to apply it now, but half the things that we deal with now, the the authors of of these sacred texts had no even no inclination of what society would be like, right? At all, they were just based on their on their own society and and their own cultures and, and things like that. That's great. So so your wife's uh so your wife's pretty supportive. She well, she's massively supportive. Nice. She's, my wife is is uh, oh, she's a brilliant woman. I say that about <laughs> a lot of people, but she really is. I mean, she's she's so smart, and she herself it. She I would say that it's safe to say that she's a a solid agnostic. Mm-hmm. She's she doesn't express things the way I do, mm-hmm. and, and I'm I'm very comfortable with that because that's very refreshing for me. She kind of keeps me from going off the rails a bit. <laughs> yeah, she helps you dial it down a bit. Right. And she, and she, yeah. she puts things into perspective. Like as I've been forming this, she's asked me some hard questions that she needs to – She needs to, I need to have that asked of yeah. me. And my initial reaction is to get defensive, be like, ah, <laughs> you know, this is – why are you doing – you know, I don't know. I just get frustrated. She's like, listen, people are going to be asking you these questions and they have a right to. Right. You need to be able to explain this to folks so that it doesn't seem like you're just starting a religion up for the sake of it. You know, what are you really doing here? Right. Let these people know, explain yourself and be, be ready for, for very hard questions about. So I've, so she's really helped me kind of become comfortable with what I'm doing. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Yeah. That's really awesome. Well, um, we're about out of time here. Um, but Bob, man, thank you so much for, for opening up and talking about this. This is, uh, this is fascinating. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm excited to check out the, the volume of sacred law. I'm going to put a link in the show notes so everyone can check it out. Uh, thank you very Lulu. much. Com. And, and it's really, it's, it's only 12 bucks after shipping like 15. So if you guys are listening to this and, and interested, um, definitely, you know, check it out. I also yeah. want to let people know. And sometimes people are like, Oh, you're lying, but it's true. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I don't really make a, a profit off of this. Any oh, yeah, mon- no. any money that I get, I give to uh, a few different organizations, charitable organizations. I don't keep. I don't want to to profit off of this book. That's not my goal. Yeah. And so I make sure the money goes to the right places. Um, can I plug my my Facebook page? Heck yeah. Right on. It's uh, <laughs> www.facebook.com backslash Gnostic Church DV. Cool. That's D as in Dolly, V as in Victor. Nice. I'll, I'll make sure there's a, a, a link in the show notes as well. So thank you very much. Yeah, I wish you all the best, and uh, I'm I'm uh, I we're I think we're gonna have many more conversations, Bob. I look forward to it. Like this, I'm, so I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. This is great. Well, I wish you all the best uh, of luck with this, and um, thank you. And everyone listening, make sure you check this out. It's fascinating stuff, and if you're if you're looking to expand your knowledge of, of different things, um, this is definitely a, you know definitely something you want to check out. All right. Well, I want to thank all of you for listening this week. Of course, you can check us out over at theaxpx.com on Twitter at theaxpx and over at uh, on Facebook. Uh, I think it's facebook.com/slash theaxpx. But uh, all the links are over there at theaxpx.com. Also, please check out our companion Facebook group, Skeptic SKT. Uh, wait, SK. See, I knew that if I took the vowels out, I would uh, I would have a problem here. Welcome to my world, man. <laughs> I confuse myself every day. Uh, skeptic. Okay, SKPTC. There you go. Um check us out there it's really it's it's becoming a really great kind of group for people a safe place to kind of bring your stories uh where you're at your search uh all your journey kind of to the forefront and uh just discuss your journey with people on similar journeys and and learn from each other it's been really great so far and i'm very very happy with the group of people that have come together and, and the stories that everyone shared so keep it up um and uh, share share the word to all your friends who are like-minded. Um, anyway, I'm probably going to take a break this next week. The holidays are coming up, so I'm going to uh, have to kind of see what's going on for future shows for the next few weeks. So more information will be, if you want to keep in the loop, It's uh, Twitter's the best place, the AXPX, or our Facebook site. Um, all of you guys have a great week. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bob, thanks again. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We must search for what is truth. What is truth? And what is God? You don't really want an answer to that question. The first duty is to the truth, whether it's scientific truth or historical truth or personal truth. That's really what you want in life. You want to feel connected. You want to feel relevant. You want to feel like you're a participant in the goings-on of activities and events around you. That's precisely what we are, just by being alive.